Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cosmic Mother Rising. I am your host, Laura Eisenhower. And I am Aurora, co-host, co-hosting Cosmic Mother Rising show. Thank you for being here. And today we have such a dear and amazing friend and just such an incredible woman. I'll share a few words about her, but she's also co-host of Divine Mother Earth Time. And we just all love coming together. We recently had uh, Aurora on our show. And now we get to talk to you, Marissa, and everybody, if you're not familiar with who she is, she's a New York Magazine uh, cartoonist. She's a New York Times bestselling author. And she just came out with the new book, The Big She Bang, and has shared so much amazing material about her own life. And she's such a talented artist in the way that she expresses it through um, just the, the, what do you call it? The graphic novels, right? Yeah, so we're so happy to have you here and just want to let you take it away, Aurora. Thank you for having me, by the way. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you. Um, there is such a beauty to Marissa. It's it's hard to explain in words, but it's more like a vibration and energy when, you know, you could energy understands energy and the way that she vibrates in the space that she holds, whether, you know, when she was in New York, that strong light she was there, and then now she's in Florida. But in her groupings, whether it's, you know, friends, family, I feel like she just really glows with this beautiful golden blue light. And it's just so, such an incredible um, honor to know her and to have found her. Um, you know, I believe you found me through an interview, right? through with Laura is that how you found me so that's so incredible to be here with you in the year of the dragon here we are and then you know to to be interviewing such a tremendous being as you are Marissa I think you're just such an inspiration honestly like any any comment you post any anything that you make the videos that you all make it's just that energy that you hold is really beautiful to to feel and to to sense through the embodiment that you are. And I think it's just, um, wow, if if we could just inspire others to be their most beautiful, you know, energy like you are, I think it'd just be incredible, such an incredible world. So thank you for being just, just gorgeous. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, uh, Aurora, for your kind words and Laura for the beautiful intro, both of you. I'm just so happy, first of all to be in this space here and i love the show and i love both of you so much and it's really such an honor to be here and um it's it's great when you meet the, your like-minded sisters i feel like we've known well i know we've known each other from other lives we've talked about this i mean aurora when i did um your the regression with you and we discovered that we did have many many lifetimes and laura you were there too so it's just great to be reunited in this one so uh -huh. thank you thank you so much both of you yes of that was quite course. a journey in the atlantean life oh yeah the three it of sure us was. oh yeah <laughs> and in egypt yep yeah yeah we keep going <laughs> yeah <laughs> And Middle Earth there too. So yeah. Wow. So what's coming up for you lately, Marisa? Well, in the new year. What's coming up for me is um 
You know, I recently moved from New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. I lived in New York City for a very, very long time and moved to Jersey City for a, a bit to be closer to my parents during the pandemic. And I'm glad I did because my dad passed away during that time. But uh, now I'm in Florida. And what I have noticed is that um, there definitely is a uh, disconnection of um, of of and like I feel like there's a disconnection and I I feel a bifurcation happening. I feel it. I feel that uh, the people that I knew, many of them that I knew in New York, I don't feel connected to them as much or at all. Um, I feel that uh, as I'm disconnecting, I'm connecting with other people. I feel like those people are more of my tribe and more like-minded and uh i i've become more attuned and sensitive to energies and what's really going on right now um you know part of it is kind of like you go through a mourning period but then there's also joy in and meeting and connecting with new people and recreating things that you created in the past and and discovering more of your life purpose and living a more authentic life, which is what I feel like I, I've been doing. You know, I moved with my mom and I feel like I'm connecting with the mother energy, which is what we're all about. And uh, I, so that's a lot of that's been going on right now. And I feel, I feel like a laser beam sort of focus. I feel like, I'm able to see things a lot more clearly. I don't know if you're ex experiencing that. Like, whereas before I was doubting whether this was going on or that was going on, now I see very clearly what's happening. And the more you see, the more is revealed and unveiled. So that's been going on. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm also looking at, as you know, because I come from, media new york media and the media um i'm watching what's going on in the media and how complicit they are and even alt media voices that are the strong voices the most powerful voices are being shadow banned and alt media that's run by the cabal or funded by the cabal is getting pushed to center stage like why do certain um, why are certain shows and why are pe certain people being pushed on Rumble and get like hundreds of thousands of followers overnight? Like explain that one to me. So I'm really watching and looking and seeing whose voice is out there because if that voice is out there, there that means that the true voice and the truth is being suppressed. So much more interested in that. And uh, I just also want to say I admire the both of you for your courage and your honesty because you two are speaking the truth and you are both an inspiration. So that's where I'm at right now. I can get into details. I'm sure we're going to talk about that as we go on, but yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to add, I mean, you have such an interesting background. Um, do you want to share a little bit about your sure. adventures in New York? And I don't know if you want to talk about uh, 
just your ex-partner. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. It's an interesting story. And you did write a graphic novel based on you as the character, right? Yeah. I I wrote a few graphic novels uh, with me as, as a character, but yeah. So um, I was, I started off cartooning um, when I was basically, I had my Saturn return and my birthday's on Christmas and every New Year's Eve, I have my sketch pad on my lap and I just make a list, which I always have my sketch pad with me. You guys know that. And I make a list of all the things that I want to do during the year, right for the year. And um, that one year I lit a candle and called in all the higher spirits. And instead of like writing the list, I drew myself with a gun in my mouth with the line. She was a little upset during the meeting and it hit me that that's what I should have been all along as a cartoonist. I was working in advertising at the time. So with that epiphany, I leaned into the candle and my hair caught on fire. So not only did I get a new career, but I had to get a new haircut and uh, got a shag that year. So, yeah. So that's what happened. My, I did. I was drawing these women at a very early age, the women that I'm known for drawing. Um, I was just basically imitating my mother, who was a shoe designer, and my mom designed shoes for Jackie Kennedy when she was first lady. She designed shoes for JFK's inauguration, and they actually became kind of friendly. And um, so basically, I was imitating my mom. She was drawing these trend reports with these really fabulous women wearing fabulous shoes, and that's how I started drawing. And I got really bored with them at around eight, and spent um we went to have this vacation in Bermuda and it wound up being James Thurber's house the famous New Yorker cartoonist and there were drawings with captions on them and I thought oh my gosh that that's it for me these women could talk the women that I've been drawing could talk and I realized I mean that's when I decided I wanted to be a cartoonist but derailed and went to advertising and then when my hair caught on fire I realized yes I should have been a cartoonist all along so I've been cartooning uh, since like 1990, 1990 and became a New Yorker cartoonist, wrote a uh, wrote several graphic novels when people didn't even know what they were. Uh, one of the books was Cancer Vixen, and uh, it was about how I was diagnosed with cancer uh, right before I was about to get married. I was married to a celebrity restaurateur and I was 43 at the time and I thought, I didn't have health insurance and I didn't know whether I was going to survive and I didn't know whether I was going to live. And of course I survived and did get married. And that's that story. And I went on to write other books, but yeah, I did have this crazy life being married to a restaurateur and uh, uh, getting, seeing firsthand celebrities behaving badly and uh, writing about it uh, and writing items and sending it into the New York Post page six and got him a ton of press. But that was my other life. It was kind of crazy. And here I am in Florida. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful how, um, you know, we go through our life and then we're constantly channeling. And so those those beautiful women that you were able to manifest into an illustration into a character that's that's so amazing i wonder if perhaps you know these these women in your life or beyond the veil right like in a past life or maybe they're guides 
that's very interesting. You know, it's funny because I, everything I do, I always have drawn the Blessed Mother. She's in every single book, every single book. I've, I've always been drawn, haha, pun intended, to the Virgin Mary. I speak to her all day anyway. I'm always talking to her. I'm always talking to Jesus and God. I This morning I went for a walk on the beach and it was a whole two hour conversation with you know, my cast of characters, all the saints and God and Jesus. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, I've always done that, but now even more so, but I would, I would say that they are part of my cast for sure. And uh, I would look for you too. Uh, in the incoming cartoons, maybe even who knows? <laughs> oh, good. I already feel like so awesome being a cartoon that you created. Um, it's pretty wild. I, and and what's amazing too is you always asking the question, where where's the mother? Where's the mother energy when you were growing up, right? And and yes. that yeah. really inspired just your huh? research and, and the latest book, mm -hmm. The Big She Bang. Well, that's true because what happened was um, growing up Catholic, hardcore Catholic, you know, um, my grandparents went to church every single day. There was the crucifixes all over the place at my grandmother's house. Um, and I remember being told, you know, when I was four years old that Christ died for your sins. And I'm like, what did I do? Step on a crack and broke my mother's back? Like, what does that mean? And then when I went to Catholic oh. school, right, and, you know, they talked about how God created everything and the universe and humanity and all living things. I was like, well, wait, but women give birth. Where is the mother entity in that equation? I always wondered that and then when I started drawing this comic strip she the one with the gun in her mouth I that, that was my first character um I had this title in the back of my head the big she bang and I didn't know what I was going to do with it but it and it turned out to it evolved into a creation story of God the mother so I feel like I had to grow in and mature and grow as an artist to create that story the story found me i just had to basically get the maturity to write it it's funny how things find you but then you have to sort of like get the divine timing down you guys feel that too i'm sure but i've always been obsessed with the mother energy and mothers and you know, I'm, you know, now here I am with, you know, living with my mom, my dad passed away and I moved her to Florida with me. So it's always been about the mother. And I feel like now is the most, imp most important time for the mother because, uh, you know, they're trying to get rid of women. Um, you know, we're now called breeders and this whole trans, you know, what, what's going on with men and women right now and so it's kind of interesting that I think you know it's interesting that all three of us have come together at this point in time and talking about the same thing but coming from it in different from different points and different perspectives but really talking about the mother energy I mean what do you guys think about that <sighs> um so big so big um 
all these different perspectives, right? How we're all so, so beautiful, but unique. And then the ways that we connect to mother and then also inspire others to connect to, to the creator mother, you know, um, I think it's just incredible. Also the work that you're doing specifically to bringing back mother. I think you're so strong with that because she's, as we know, she's been forgotten or kind of tried to be deleted from all especially you know the religion and or even you know when you read supposed spiritual books they've also forgotten her or they put the blame on her so i think the more that we rise for example like book two that i wrote was all about the forgotten of the females so it I think it's so beautiful that we're here today in this Cosmic Mother Rising show, speaking of the mother. And in order to really help rebirth the people on earth, we have to continue to speak in this manner, in whatever form we're able to. And I love how you were talking about how every single step and every single choice you've made has gotten you to this exact moment. It's just incredible how when we listen to our intuition and how guided we are, and yes, it's definitely all about divine timing always. Always, but I mean, it's like incredible that here we are at this point in time, all connecting and talking about it, right? I mean, I know. Yeah, if we weren't in tune with our intuition and doing what we were meant to be doing, this never would have happened. It's so true. Yeah, yeah I mean, I really trust the timing of my book coming out. And at, at times it's like, oh, it feels blocked or attacked, but the speed at which we overcome whatever obstacle is also the divine timing because you know that that's a part of this whole process of grounding and anchoring and and just finding that you know balance and truth and it, it's it's amazing where the digression and diversion is going i mean it's at an all-time low as far as the indoctrination and as far as just the the manipulation of of minds and the frequency distortions and weaponry but at the same time as that is being accelerated so is our growth and our capacity to upgrade and embody and live our truth but it's just amazing that more people aren't snapping out of it it's just sometimes i go on to like twitter which i just rejoined and some of the dialogues between people with the madness that's going on. And I don't think people really are prioritizing the energies of what this Ascension window means. It's still so much about what's happening outside of us, or what's happening in the political sphere, which is understandable. But at the same time, there's so much about where our future could take us when we really appreciate what this planetary system holds and what this window period is you know, really about. And a lot of it is about the return of the mother. And I love that we've all come together with that. And and the bonds that we share together is so wonderful to have real soul sisters. <laughs> and both of you being in my life has made my life so wonderful. I feel so blessed to be so close to you. So just wanted to add that. I feel the yeah. same. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then Laura, old paradigm programs make it very difficult. What's when that? did your book come out? Does it March? Is it March? Your book? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's exciting. So, so is that uh, a sort of an, also an embodiment of, of mother? I'm sure it is. It's all about mother yeah. energy. <laughs> uh, it's called Awakening the Truth Frequency. Mm -hmm. And it's about 
timelines, uh, the bi uh, the reversal grid, uh, the manipulation of timelines, artificial timelines, and what does our DNA really hold? How does that connect with the mother, the 13th sign, Venus transits, and all these different things that show on a cosmic and earthly level uh, what this mother energy is all about and what's within yeah. us and a bit about my own story uh, and, and all that I've, you know, learned, but it's really, yeah, about the higher harmonic universes in our DNA, how it's all about integration of polarity, sacred union, how the Michael Mary lines have been manipulated and, and how we're just rehabilitating and restoring uh, through winning the war within and deprogramming and being tuned into uh, our own intuition, like you have said, because people are losing that. It's like, it's getting lost, but at the same time, it's available and it's increasing. So if we can just stay aligned, these growth periods and initiations will take us where we need to go, except they're weaponized and psyops are created to divert people and hook them into this dependency bond with an inverted system, which to me is like the false step parent or, or negative partner that we need to break up with. So I'd like to kind of bring in the metaphor of relationship. Well, yeah, so, yeah. I, I I, I know you love to bring that metaphor in. I totally get it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. It's it's like the more you grow, the more you realize that it's time to let go of toxic partners, right? And and just realize that divine timing is kicking in and you are being guided as long as you stay authentic and aligned in it on your path. I can't wait for your book to come out. And I'm so excited. Oh, thank you. Gosh, I'm, yeah. uh, I I love your books and Aurora. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like when we look back at our lives, right? Just some of the relationships we've had to let go of. And to me, the system is no different because we can have a relationship with creation, but if it's an inverted imitation version, it's sort of like we have to regain our self-worth. And, and that's very much about your journey and your strength, which is so incredible um, in your life. And and the humor and levity you bring to things. It's like, no matter how whacked and insane things are, it's just, but it, I'm, I'm connected to you. It's just, there's all smiles and just can like laugh at it all. Um, well, that yeah, was, yeah. 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 Your humor is a superpower, Marissa, for sure. <laughs> I was, uh, I listened back to the interview you all did with me. I was just like, I kept listening to parts that you guys were just, you both were just making me laugh so much. I didn't realize how funny you were, Marissa. And then also with, with Laura, I can feel the energy from your book and it just like instantly just like make my heart like, you know, how when your heart like flutters and then like brought tears to my eyes, I can feel the energy, how much truth is within it. And I am ecstatic that you've chosen such a, wow, incredible time, like March. That is, um, well, isn't there also, there's a um, equinox, right? There's an equinox coming up. I think spring will be coming up, but I know that it has something to do with the Mayan calendar, like the new year for them. So just such a powerful time you've chosen. I, I can't wait for your book to come out, Laura. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. nervous about my parents reading it. There's a little warning in the beginning. <laughs> but oh my gosh, I just feel so good about everything because of, I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? I mean, we, we can see the madness of the world, but I mean, I feel like we're here for soul development and we're here for spiritual growth. We're here to remind ourselves of who we truly are and what we're made of. And as long as we're doing that, 
why fear death? I mean, don't you feel a certain peace and motivation um, that just comes with knowing that that's enough? Because your your strength and your stories are so much about not being a victim and that whole cancer vixen. It's just the way you use words, which are magic, right? Mercury um, is really how to transcend and heal the physical. Can you talk to us about that? Well, it's interesting that you would pick that up because you're the global alchemist. So I'm really very interesting. Honored. I want to yeah. add something after Marissa to that. Okay. Laura's always in tune. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. I mean, I'm just, thank you, Laura, for picking that up. Um, I just think I've always thought that you are whatever you think you are and however you see yourself. I mean, way before like all these, you know, all the manifestations and what's going on in Instagram. I mean, I've always thought that at a very young age, it's like who you are at what you see you are. So I didn't want to see myself as a victim, you know, having cancer. Um, when I was diagnosed glamour magazine at the time, I was, had a monthly cartoon with them said, you want to write about it? And I was going to call it breast case scenario, but my friend Bob Morris said, that's a terrible title. And I was really depressed when I was diagnosed with cancer. And he's, he said, look at you, you look like a victim. Where's the vixen? You're the daughter of a shoe designer and you should call it cancer vixen. And I went home and I drew myself as a cancer kick kicking vixen with like really fabulous shoes. And I embodied that that year. But I feel like you, whatever you whatever you want to be, you just draw the energy to you. It's interesting that I'm an artist because I actually do draw towards me but I think that I think we all have this ability and when I was going through that year that cancer year I was drawing everything and I didn't realize that it's called um what is it objective journaling subject I always get it confused but you guys know what I mean when you put something down on paper so I think it's always great whenever you're going through trauma to put it down on paper to get it off you and onto the page, right? For that reason, I never called it my, I'll leave a space, cancer, because I didn't want to own it. I didn't want it to be part of me. So I think that is very, um, that's very critical how to, how you see yourself is what you will become. And it's, I mean, I think that's something that we all know, but, you know, I, I really like figured it out back then and that and that book came, that was in 2004 20 years ago so yeah it's so key, so key. Yeah. you know it's so interesting too when you think about the word cancer and how it's the fourth house the house of mother in oh, wow. the chart and that <laughs> healing journey mm -hmm. I feel just on a just overcoming it is to overcome so much of the dark history and the things that um have suppressed energy or the power of the feminine right and and just you using words and and the levity of it all to 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 rise above is so much about how you're anchoring mother on the planet and how what a force you are for that expression but i just kind of thought of that you know when we see that word and then it's an astro sign and and it rules the breasts wow i didn't i didn't realize that wow yep Yep. So the cancer symbol actually is supposed to be symbolic of that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
that's so interesting. Also, I mean, the six nine right represents ascension, descension, ascension, descension. Wow. It's the six right ascending out, nine descending down. I recently channeled Nikola Tesla, and he really went into the three six nine, which was so incredible. The understanding to the nine. So I think it also relates to that because how nine infinitely goes on and on. Um, and then when it, you, you know, t times that you add it times itself, it just keeps adding at the nine. It's the only number that can do that. So it really represents, right, like the infinite creation, which could be also be cancer. But also as we're talking about cancer, um, I th I'm feeling that in the year of the dragon, which will begin February 10th, but the energy's already here. You can feel it because, you know, there's no time, so it's already happened. And I feel like some people are going, they need advice. They, because um, I know some people who basically have cancer, but it's their point. They make, they basically, it's their decision to leave at this point, you know, someone very near and dear to me. So, and then I'm also hearing from other uh, of my other um, uh, students or practitioners or colleagues who are saying that they also had, you know, someone that recently passed, but then this person was like, um, this other person was triple jabbed. I feel like there's going to be a little more of a rise of exit points that we're going to see this year with the year of the dragon. Does people are going to have like that bifurcation that you're talking about, Marissa, like they're, they're going to make that choice. Like, are they ready to ascend? And this could be maybe a beautiful energy for them where they would create exit points and maybe like cancer or, or whatever might be happening. But I love what Laura said that if you were to get the cancer, how much divinity of mother and how much divine energy is supported through that that sign. So even though they say used it to name it something so so you know so an illness within us, a disease you know, um, still there's still that support of mother within that sign. It's so interesting. I think it'd be a very powerful alchemy to tap into that sign instead of letting it become you know, us become the par the victim. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting, like Marissa, like I was talking to my husband, he's so beautiful. And he was just talking about how beautiful you are. He was talking about how like you, you've, you don't live within that victim and then how you were shifting. It's just beautiful. It's like almost he, he knew what we were going to talk about here. Um, but yeah, I think um, the masculine are really seeing you too, like in, in such a, such a beauty, like they're recognizing like your beauty. Um, and just wanted to give you love on that. Go ahead. I want to come on your show all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> right? You just leave like. <laughs> I'm coming next show episode. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, thanks. That's. You know, it's interesting that within the darkest moment of your life, you could find light, and just that little point could just illuminate everything. You know, it's just, I think it's really always about transmuting the energy, but finding the light within and then blowing that light up and just, you know, illuminating the darkness somehow. I feel oh, like we all do that in our own way. Yeah, I think we've been taught to fear the dark and the dark, once we really venture into it, go into that sort of place of uh, death then rebirth 
just facing, you know, death or having to let go or release or everything that represents it, you know, it's like the womb. It's like the womb of the mother. And we plant that seed that can be that light or that crone lantern in, in the dark it is able to light its way through the labyrinth or through the dark because of wisdom, because of honoring that inner light that uh, religion doesn't really, you know, teach. It's like fear the dark mm -hmm. um, instead of embracing it, which I feel is very much returning to that mother energy is the womb. What are we creating? What are we manifesting as we let go? What are we birthing? What are we creating? And so, you know, you really guided yourself into this, you know, rebirth. So when you were writing that book, where, where were you? What stage were you at? In my life or? Would you... Yeah. Was that like afterwards or was it during or like? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I was, at that point, I was, um, you know, established as a New Yorker cartoonist and um, about to get married. And I, I just thought when I, when I went to the doctor and uh, he did that sonogram of the actual tumor, I looked at the, um, the printout and it looked like a black hole, but my the breast surgeon, Dr. Christopher Mills said, here's the tumor as he looked at it and said, it's about the size of a pearl. So I thought it was interesting that a pearl is, you know, a symbol of beauty and is created by extreme pressure. And the black hole is like, you go into the black hole. I was going to the black hole. I was like, oh my God, I have cancer. I'm going to go into the black hole. So finding the pearl, the symbol of beauty, the light within the black hole became a metaphor for me. So, I mean, I'm a Capricorn. I could get pretty dark. I mean, Laura, you know about astrology. Aurora, you know about what this is like. So, I mean, I could really head there, but I also can pull myself out of it if I, you know, if I uh, use my calm as my superpower kind of thing and don't get reactive, which is a big deal. But yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always about processing things too I mean don't you find that when you go through something that you're always processing and trying to figure out what it is you know trying to figure out the lesson or what you how you could go to the next level as opposed to I mean the thing is right now we are all going we're all learning many lessons and we're on the ascension timeline and I feel like, I feel like, I really feel, can we get back to the bifurcation for a second? Because I really feel like there are two different worlds right now. There is people who who know, where to, know what's going on. And then there's like the other, like people who are just still have their heads in the sand. Like I was, went on Instagram last night and was, went to Vogue.com and they did like a post of Oprah and I watched in real time, people posting and what they said about her. And I was like, how could there be such a huge disparity? You know, like, it's, what do you guys think? Do you, I mean, where are we at this point in time? Wow. Yeah. Well, I think Oprah was replaced at some point. It just doesn't feel like she was the original Oprah. There's some kind of transition there that happened. Not a good transition that is. Oh. Um, no, the, yeah, but the bifurcation is very apparent. Um, there's so much to talk about. I mean, goodness, we're uh, the, the ability to be able to hold the space of bifurcating, right? 
is, is quite incredible. It's masterful. And I think many of us are mastering it on earth and we're doing such a good job. Like specifically you, Marissa, how you like, to me, the way I see you is kind of like you're a constant love, love bomb. Like you're yeah. constantly love bombing, you know? And you're holding like these gigantic pillars of light, which we, we talk about with my practitioners, we talk about that. And even like going back to like, for example, like your Atlantis life, which that was where you went, right? In, in your regression you did with me, Atlantis, was it Atlantis? Yeah, Atlantis, yeah. Yes, and how you were able to still stay in your heart, like you still like, and then just hold that, that love bomb. And then I'm freaking out because then also like you're saying so many things that are such an alignment, like the how you had, uh, you know, that the tumor the size of a pearl about a month and a half ago, I channeled um, Divine Mother Aphrodite. And you know what she explains? What? She explains that even before there was her consciousness, the first consciousness, she explained that within the waters, just like the ocean, there was infinite water source. So water was the first element. That's why everything has water, right? So then from there, she created just like, oh, she said she birthed out of a pearl. So she said the very first seed of creation was the pearl. Oh my God. Birthed wow. out, out of the pearl. Wow. So that is, I'm, I'm like having goosebumps over here when you're talking about how you had like the size of a pearl there because, and then we're talking about all the beauties of assisting you know like what the cancer and the love and then my mother and it's like you you mentioned the pearl so that was the first seed of creation is what she explained that makes so much sense when you think <laughs> about it because right? there is like the you know the virgin mary with the um the her well first of all mary means star of the sea right okay she's queen star of the sea her she has that blue cape that is stars but it's also the sea so it's also water or you know the sea the the cosmic sea the cosmic ocean and then when you think of Tiamat and the water and it's like it, it's all connected and there's water everywhere there's water in space I mean I bet if we like went and just took a dive into space we'd be plastic you know like take a dive in the water right? oh yeah yeah right oh wow exactly. yeah yeah and um, tiamat connected to the, the dragon queen and here we are in the year of the dragon yeah. and i really feel it's a showdown of forces because there's the negative polarity of dragon energy mm -hmm. and uh and how that relates also the power of the dragon to the planetary grids and kundalini. And what is the significance? Okay, because you know, guys, I know I love blue. <laughs> I was going to ask you, yeah, just the blue dragon, right? Yeah, the blue dragons are connected to Venus and Sanat Kamara, right? Well, um, I know that. In book two, well, actually, that's going to be in the future book, but that we're in the our verse is blue, so our the blue lotus flower is our verse. Mm -hmm. In book two, they explain all that how Divine Mother Sophia explains how we our entire creation and construct is within a lotus flower that is an infinity of colorful rainbow say flower petals, and we are in the blue verse. Wow. Yeah, it's so and then Mary, 
blue, the blue dragon, and Venus, Aphrodite, it's all connected. Yeah, the Blu-ray and all of that. And and the Kamara dragons connected to the Etheric Syrians and and the Orion Black League, um, the resistance to the Orion Wars was connected to the blue dragons. And here but, we are still dealing with these galactic wars down here. <laughs> yeah, but what are the what exactly are the Kamara dragons? And it's interesting, Mara, Mary again. It's like all these words that are Mary based. What are the Kamara dragons? They're connected to Venus and Sanat oh. from what I've come to understand. So Kamara dragons are the blue dragons from what I've come to learn. Hmm. I, I, I'm sure Aurora has way more information on this. Lots of information on dragons for sure. But but also, you know, on Nostradamus, Nostradamus um, said in the year 2024 that the celestial fire was going to um, make it hard is what he says. I got to look up the quote, but he says it's going to make it hard for those, you know, um, the politics, I guess, the dark forces to try to control. So, which also makes sense with the dragon energy that, um, yeah, the celestial fire is very powerful on earth right now. And it is definitely back to what you were talking about, um, Marissa, the bifurcation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's it's dilating, separating that bifurcation. Very powerful year. So where do you think we are in the bifurcation timeline? Well, um, you know, there's the Visica Pisces, right? The two circles that we talk about. Do you, mm -hmm. you know which symbol that is? Do you don't need me to show it? Show it. But you wanna, do you want to show it oh. anyway? Maybe um, yeah, I can show it really quick. Um, so... Mm, it's so beautiful when you go back and you look at like all the divine mothers right so divine mother isis divine mother ishtar divine mother um on and on and on all the names that we know and then we look at their perhaps hieroglyphics anything that we can find that they didn't destroy because as we know they destroy so much and then we see how they're constantly talking about birthing and then also the fact that for example the visica pisces basically you know starts the flower the lotus flower the flower of life mm -hmm. right so it all begins from the two but then this two visica pisces really represents all of creation because this in one version without the words we ignore the words this this could this explains mother was one circle right one sphere and then she duplicated herself and created another which is father. Mm -hmm. So what's happening here is, and then this is, if you look at the shape of a vagina, um, mm -hmm. this is the actual shape of a vagina of, of, of a female where, you know, there's birthing. So the way that you could visualize and understand the bifurcation is that it is a constant birthing dilation of the, of the um, cervix or not a doula, but yes. Um, and, and then how she's going to continue to keep opening up until she could birth out finally the crystalline original construct, you know, eradicate, de-shed off that negativity. So um, I think we're doing amazing, honestly, like it's absolutely, we are actually, I would feel in many forms, like if we're looking at the organic part of the earth, I think we're ahead 
we're ahead of and then that bifurcation like you said is becoming very apparent and how we are all living in kind of in two worlds or i constantly live at the center holding both spaces um i think we're in a very good trajectory in the organic side but then we got all this inversion happening but with that as the organic is leveling up and becoming bigger and stronger i feel that in many forms we have condensed the bifurcation the final ascension is what you mean right so i feel like in in in, in say since 2012 specifically specifically but then like 2017 2020 that we have say say it was like i don't know trajectory of like 50 years to ascend i feel like we've you know condensed it to like say one third because mm-hmm. of how much work we've done say and even just in the last decade so uh, I think we're doing incredible. Yeah. And yeah. Agree. I definitely agree. And, you know, everything's about frequency and, and clearing just belief systems that aren't in harmony with our body. Our body tells us so much and, and it thrives in truth. It thrives in authenticity. It thrives in love. It thrives in wisdom and personal empowerment. And, and when we don't have that, our body retaliates and shows the symptoms that we're here to like learn from instead of like judge or label or give our power away to somebody else to direct that or guide that or tell us where it's all going not to say that there aren't good doctors but the alternative ways which shouldn't be called alternative have not been integrated enough in these systems so you know instead of an integration process to shift those systems there's more of a split because it's only kind of getting worse. You know, people are compromising themselves for the paycheck. The survival chakra is being so activated that people can't think straight um, because there's no trust in divine abundance and, and working with just these higher levels of consciousness that are like very abundant and, and how the synchronicity support our, our, deeper soul calling that so many people are afraid to embrace. And, and I, I feel like this is the breaking point. I feel like this year is really the breaking point for a lot of people. And once their minds are free from the indoctrination or the mind control, they can begin to de-weaponize whatever it is that they put into their bodies. Cause I really feel that it relies on a low vibration for it to even work. And uh, so I just, yeah, um, definitely see a bridge between the split. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of always don't go back to the breaking up, right? When you have an ex, they don't want to leave you alone. They're not going to let you go away too easily, right? They're going to torment you, maybe stalk you, um, maybe constantly like, right? You know, and, and maybe, you know, there's a mourning process. I think people are going through a mourning process of letting that go that they trusted or believed in it or thought it was really looking out for them. Then you find out it's a narcissist abuser. And yeah, that whole process, I think people are moving at different speeds, but those who have let go of it and have been standing strong, like you guys and a lot of people we know and doing the best I can myself. um, Yeah, it's just, you can't destroy it. You can't destroy the organic ascension timeline. You know, you can only be distracted away. What was that, Marissa? No, I just, because you say you're doing the best you can. I'm like, you are doing pretty amazingly, Laura. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. And oh, that's you, sweet of you. Both of you are. Both of you are. So I didn't mean to interrupt, but you. But, oh, no, I, that's all I wanted to share. But I mean, so do you, but where do you think, so where do you think we are? Like, do you, 
Do you think the bifurcation ha is happening now? I mean, it is happening. Oh, yes. It has. Yes. It has. So to, to 2012 began it. But then if we look at the Ethiopian calendar that's still ran by the uh, 13 moon cycles, so mm -hmm. Ethiopia is pretty, um, might be one of the only civilizations that are still running by the 13 moon cycles. So they're about seven years behind to us. Uh -huh. So their um, 2012 was actually, I think it was 2020 or the end of 2019. So that was the actual 2012. So, you know, when, you know, the whole jab thing. Yeah. That was 2012, if we went to the 31 cycle. Okay. So, which is huge. So that's when the bifurcation happened. So then that, that they couldn't stop it at that point. And oh. then basically now it's just a continual separation. I have a, in book one, I have a, a chapter where they explain how it's like two worlds and then how the process of this planet that needed to save themselves and they needed to just continue to keep separating in one world there was still the beauty and the magic and the magical creatures and the crystalline and in the other world there was these, these archon spiders that were like you know trying to harvest the energy of the planet and then how to release that basically yeah so i feel that we are definitely under um two de two decades at this point um and we'll see what continues to keep on, I think, um, just patience, divine patience, you know, and just all keep working really, really hard on how we're doing. Um, but the more that, like what Laura was talking about, I feel like the more that we want to detach from these things, like paying taxes, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it becomes very hard to be in this world when like all this stuff is like, it's just not a matching vibration to, to, to yeah. Mother Earth. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk about just the grid being shut, electric, everything, internet, like everything, you know, prepare, prepare, get food and this and that. I mean, it's important to prepare, no doubt. Um, mm -hmm. But we, we also have to really trust ourselves and what we can manifest and create when a lot of this is being yanked away. And, and we have to see like the blessing in it and not go into survival. That's so important. Um, yeah i feel like when we're trying to detach from that and that's becoming so apparent to us it it makes us feel a little less abundant because it's like you're trying to detach from that but then you're in this world and that makes you feel a little like can i create can i be abundant if that is still there you know and it's just like it's it's so it's a self-mastery within ourselves like where we can still harness the divine energy of abundance but then still understand that you still have to do these 3d stuff to be here i find it's i have to be honest i find this is really this is what's hard for me is you know dealing with like the day-to-day -day stupid stuff i was gonna say the sh but yeah and then trying to stay on the timeline and like not getting wrapped up in like drama petty drama and like you know stuff with people around you and just like you know getting you know just trying not to react and just you know rising above it it's hard it's really hard how do you do that marissa i mean you're so passionate and loving and when we're so passionate and loving we tend to react <laughs> <Like> <laughs> so how do you how do you um 
how do you still stay in your heart even with like all this like you know drama that tries to come up i i i'm not gonna lie it's really hard i mean that's why i like walk on the beach for two hours and like talk to god seriously you know and uh and just you know what it is here's what it is okay it's this is what it is <laughs> it's be, it's you could either be a destroyer or you could be a creator, right? You could blow everything up and think everything's gone to hell in a handbasket and just go down with it. Or you could reinvent yourself and rise like a phoenix and create, right? That's real and come from your heart. That's how you rise above. And it's really hard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i mean really unwinding and detail like every day just yeah it's sort of like and I, I i probably say this redundantly but when we cook a meal we have to clean the dishes and clean the counters and and if we don't we can't really make the next meal and i feel the same with our mental bodies our emotional bodies if we don't release whatever we might have absorbed or empath uh, or or where we might feel into frustration. If we don't find the release valve, it's very hard to wake up the following day without feeling the heaviness or the weight of the day before. We have to kind of clear in order to be able to do what you just said and, and do that like consciousness, you know, whether it's crying, whether it's just letting off steam, whether it's directing that into a creative project, um, just to like continue to move energy. So there's no energetic cords and there's no like, Oh, cutting you know, the weight of it all. And yeah, it's really, it, it is quite difficult. Um, and I think that, that you, you really got it down and I, the, the, the levity, the humor, um, really helps, but there's some things that are so disturbing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we're observers and we're witness to these things that appear to be a dismal timeline, but we're not energetically invested in it. We're not buying into it we're not feeding it we're not allowing ourselves to be siphoned and harvested in order to power it up because it's based in stolen power it's our energy that they've stolen to even create it so mm -hmm. it really we have so much more power over it than we can imagine but yeah just you know being surrounded by it constantly um it's not easy i mean yeah sometimes i'm like i'm just gonna dig a hole in the ground um and make it like livable and just completely exit but it's not going to happen mm -hmm. but yeah the world is so much such a better place with you oh i've never like you know i i'd stay in contact with i know i know obviously i'm not going to do that um yeah. i love doing this with do. you guys it's just so important to have the mutual <laughs> love and connection because and, we remind each other you know i mean we're, we're gonna have our down moments or days and and that's the great thing with, you know, being with like-minded people, there's still losses uh, and, and the mourning process and the frustration of seeing friends and loved ones really not get this. Um, but they're on their own trajectory. And I feel, and I know you guys too, that the unconditional love of source, there's no soul that won't ever be kept from returning because it's a magnetic attraction that is deep within all of us. Once the programming is broken down. I mean, you work a lot in the unseen realms and, and just doing the regression with Marisa. I mean, 
what do we have in common? We keep coming back. There's no end to this process. And I, I don't think you could ever worry about the timelines when you embody the Ascension timeline, which you both do. So you're here to like activate that in others, no matter how much the world might bring you down, th there's no way to ever like slip off of it. You, you might experience it in a moment, but then you get right back. It's not possible. Yeah. I mean, I know like I, I, I have my moments. Sometimes it's just like, I know better. Why, why, why am I letting it get to me? I think yeah. sometimes we need to feel things just because we're assisting the collective, like the mention of how um, the collective feels maybe a little less abundant, but this is the year of the dragon. You could tap into that dragon energy and instead say, no, I am very abundant. I'm a creator being. I am going to vibrate to the organic, even among this, you know, 3D. Um, so, yeah, it's it's so amazing how we are the the wielders of our timelines and our books every day, and um, yeah, may may it's just incredible. May you all like find inspiration because we're here, but we're also real people. Like you know, we're you know, we have husbands and mothers and children and. Uh, to inspire you to like go out there and then in what ways you can change and evolve and speak up for those who, to, who need to be spoken and in what ways can you transform and destroy some of what Marissa was talking about, like destroy what is not a matching vibration to your world and what you want to manifest. And this is the year, like we all need to really, really rise in that year of 2024. I, they've been talking to me about 2024 for a long time. And then specifically August 2022-22 when I had a Lionsgate transmission and they showed me and they said that this was the year that we changed everything to do and it was not going to be easy. We're going to make it so hard for those, the Illuminati, the dark forces to really try to outwin anything. That this was the year where we could tap into our highest version where we've really leveled up as a collective and then we could go those of us who travel through our consciousness, but that's what passive progression is, is we're traveling through our consciousness, go to that space where it changed on earth. And I know that it's going to change on earth. So let's do all we can, if you haven't done it already last year, to, to this year, to transform and like keep de-shedding any of that density. And But then it does take, like Marissa was talking about, like walking on the beach for two hours. We have to put the effort in and like do that work because I have to do the work too. Like I have to sit by my my go to is the fire. You know, I'm not by the beach. So well, I am, but you know, I'm not. It's not. It's really cold here. But you know, the fire and connecting to that. So like, what makes us happy and what helps us recenter? Um, and we have to do the work. We can't just sit here and be you know be in, in victimhood and, and so on. We we have to change. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of feeding the feeding the satanic forces, feed our souls and and then nourish everybody else. Yeah, that's how to win over and just clean that victory. And that's a really difficult step for people. I don't think they realize like you're awakening to yourself. You're not having to adopt some outer belief system. This is all about you and and returning to just your own soul being soul centered, where the intuition works, where you can feel. Like you can speak your mind, speak your truth, 
um, and live accordingly with it or to it and let go of the things that don't allow it without fear that you won't be supported or there won't be some sort of uh, like next level upgrade by taking that step. It's sort of like, you know, people, it's the dependency bond, the addiction matrix. It's like people are afraid of the withdrawal. They're afraid of, yeah. So gosh, it's amazing to spend this time with you guys. So special, so special. Um, Just uh, Marissa, just like, you're such a beauty. Like, how is how is it that like what gives you inspiration? What gives you love? Like what I don't know. What are some of the favorite things you love to do on Earth? Talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not kidding. I mean, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, let's see. What do I love to do? I mean, uh, I really. It's you know what. It used to be like going out to dinner and having a going to a great event and doing this and doing that in New York. And now it's like, I think about that. I'm like, oh, that's exhausting. Right. I think it's really about the moments that you share with the people you love. I think that's what I'm going to remember about my time on earth. It's really having the heart to heart connection. And, you know, like I said, I'm with my mom now. Right. And you know, it's, I'm really like thinking about like the time I'm spending with her. Like that's really important, you know, like the mother daughter bond and the time I spend with you guys. And to me, it's not about like where you go. It's about who you are connecting with and resonating with and the feeling that you're left with when you leave that person. You know, if like somebody makes you feel great and empowered and and then you could pass it along and it's like it gets moved, paid forward. And that is what I live for. And and also when you're working and drawing and like you feel like there's like you're in this working with source and like things are moving and, you know, you're like in the zone like that is an amazing feeling. So I think it's just the, it's really being connected to source and like people and just seeing this, that energy within everybody else. So that's what I live, what live for. What do you guys think? Totally. That's it. Yeah. It's the simple things too. Just flowers, nature, sunsets, you know, and, uh, and I know you, you know, walking on the beach all the time and, um, yeah and just the beautiful connections and uh yeah just knowing what we know is so great mm-hmm. just feeling that unconditional love and and not being bound to these really messed up belief systems i watch a lot of docu series about just stories of cults and things people are surviving and just I mean, I, I just can't believe how successful these dark agendas have been and the power of the human spirit and that, you know, inner soul really shines through when people survive these adversities. I mean, the strength of humans to get through some of the worst situations based in these patriarchal programs or darker agenda that has all these facades 
that seem okay on the outside, but are just hiding so much darkness that ends up coming, um, you know, coming out through victimizing, you know, the people, but it's just amazing to see people survive and thrive. So that really is beautiful to witness. That's, that's what I was going to say. My inspiration is to see people thrive, to rise, to evolve, like no matter what obstacles, because I do this every day. So that's my inspiration to see the people, even if you know, like maybe they're a little dense or maybe they're a little negative or maybe they're a lot negative, you know, they're still trying. They still haven't give up. They're still pushing. They're still doing their their best that they can do in their moment in time and space to see people every day get through through situations that have been so traumatic that were maybe childhood or past life or currently uh, you inspire me to see you going through that and to be part of that and, you know, a lot of what I do is like listening to people's stories and or giving Akashic readings, giving them some additional stories of who they are. So it's like the 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 that love story that you talk about, Laura, how the that that beauty of their story, and no matter what, they are still they're still going. It's just incredible. I just love I just love humanity. The way I adore and love humanity is just like this immense feeling that just brings me to tears all the time and it's just like oh it's what we do like to me it's the biggest honor like to be able to reach audiences you know thousands or you know according to TikTok, i have 39 million views wow that's amazing <laughs> so wow in whatever forms that we can reach it's just incredible and just if you just listen to that one like little short whether it's on that on you know TikTok or or rumble it's just to know that we're reaching people and and to give that inspiration so that they can keep pushing on and and being understanding that they're part of that collective of that collective ascension that we've been talking about the bifurcation and it, you you're just beautiful you're beautiful don't give up keep thriving keep going don't let anyone hold you back don't let anyone tell you what you're to do just follow your heart i'm, I'm just so proud of ever of humanity i know that's what i see every day but then I, of course, I also see the, you know, the the control and the, you know, the tried. But then I see, I always choose to see the beauty, even though I see the others as well. Wow. Well, I I feel just amazing after talking to you guys. And I know it was probably time to close. Are there any final thoughts either one of you have? I'm good. How about you, Marissa? I just want to say that uh, you guys inspire me and I'm really grateful to be here during this time with the both of you. And, uh, and I just want to say to the people out there, don't lose heart and stay human, humans. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I love you guys so much. It's Thank been so you. wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Go check out Marissa's books and her pages. And you know you have a YouTube and go check her out. She's so beautiful. Um, yes. Love you guys. Thank you Thank so you. much for having me. Thank you for being here. Yes, adore you so much. Love you, honor you, and respect you. Thank you.